going on? You're listening to the Film Drunk Frotcast, coming at you not live from our frot quarters all over the nation. I'm Vince Mancini, and I am here, as always, with the irregular regular. You know him, you love him, Mr. Matt Lieb. Hey, Pete Davidson did 9-11. All right. That's my opening. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I liked, uh, was that Mike Racine's joke about uh, he's he's stealing valor from all the kids whose dads died in 9-11 that aren't getting laid? (laughs) He didn't say he was stealing valor, but he was like, just a reminder that there's tons of other people whose dads died on 9-11 who uh, who didn't get a ton of pussy, and I do honestly believe that like Pete Davidson and nine eleven are even now at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, it's given him as much as it's taken. Is that what you're saying? I, really, honestly, way more, way more. <laughs> at this point, I would be willing to trade my dad for a fraction of the pussy <laughs> that Pete Davidson has gotten. Sorry, Dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you think? Uh, our guest today uh, is, uh, you know him and you love him. He's been on. He's got a book coming out. Dan Ozzy is here. What's up? How's it going? I should have led with the fact that I am currently on Staten Island where Pete oh, Davidson and Kim Kardashian are hanging about. And oh. today my mom was like, do you want to go to dinner later? And I was like, hey, where do you want to go? And she's like, you want to go to Campania? And I was like, you just want to run into <laughs> and she's like, no, well, there's two Campanias, one on the and I'm like, that's the most Staten Island shit ever that there's two restaurants called Campanias. Are you going to go to the good Campania or the bad Campania? Well, I don't you know? know. I feel like she's maybe playing the odds because lightning oh, doesn't yeah. strike twice. They're not going to be at that Campania location again. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we go to the South Shore one. Our mm. odds of seeing them will go up. I don't is know. That is true. Are I would there... love the idea that she thinks the odds go up because it's like, well, they definitely want Campania. Yeah, we know yeah, that. They can't, we know that. They, well, I don't know. Are there other restaurants <laughs> on Staten Island? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I I don't think no they're going to be at the Wendy's on Arthur Kill Road, but maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's giving Kim the authentic Staten Island experience or not. Are they are yeah. they doing like a presidential motorcade thing where they like block off traffic Man, and then and then thinking... Pete Davidson drives through plowing Kim Kardashian? doggy style in the back of a flatbed truck because <laughs> i feel like i cannot escape this man's love life like i've it's been just... no i've been thinking of that element of it specifically when i saw that news story just because like i grew up here and i know what it's like to get around and it's just very unglamorous there's no yeah. like glamorous way to get here because you know it's like uh, off of an offshoot of new york city and so any from any other borough from manhattan from brooklyn you're just on a long bus ride or a ferry ride, or there's no like graceful way to do it. So I just keep the element of it that I keep thinking is like, did Kim just sit in traffic on the BQE? Like, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine. Did she take a helicopter to like the Hilton oh, or something like that? Gotta be. I would I just, I, I would just hope can't. not. I want to see her in traffic. I want to see her like just I, I, the anticipation for her getting that good dick. Uh, on her face and by the way it can't possibly be that good of dick i'm sorry at this point i don't know what's going on Any dick that good really is any dick that good no i just can't i think i like to think he's dating her solely so that he can use her helicopter to get in and out of staten island when he wants like that way i can't stop thinking about it that's what i would do i'm i'm a pretty like uh low-key guy like if, if i had if i was like a billionaire i'd 
they're not there is not much about my normal life that I would even change day to day. But having to not take public transportation to Staten Island is like the one thing. <laughs> so if yeah. Pete Davidson has found a girlfriend that will allow him to avoid the Sims 1C express bus, honestly, man, good for him. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if you're dating Kim Kardashian, she probably doesn't really expect monogamy. Like she's been doing the Oh yeah. She's been doing like fake uh PR relationships for okay. basically her entire life. Yeah. Like, but then what's Pete Davidson going to do? Be like on Friday night, he has sex with Kim Kardashian. And then Tuesday he goes to like the colonnade diner and picks up just some random. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Denise at the colonnade diner and then I'll go back to Kim Kardashian. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't I mean, work. Like, I don't know like how that, it works Chappelle, anymore. It, oh, are we allowed to say Chappelle or it's like, censor this out but it's like dave Chappelle would say like the guy the first guy who fucked the monkey and got aids it's like right. you don't fuck the monkey on wednesday and say i'm gonna go back to fucking charlene on thursday you, just, <laughs> you don't go backwards yeah. uh, you uh, you absolutely can mention Chappelle on on this podcast okay. that is that is allowed heartbreaking um, yeah. But yeah the book is called sellout i want to talk to you about that we don't have to talk about uh, no, the I book. No, I do, because but... it's actually like a book. I mean, like most times people talk about a book, I'm like, I don't really care. But, you know, it's a <laughs> punk rock book, and that's something that me and Matt actually care about. Um, I, I was writing it when I uh, I moved here, and I ran into you. Oh, yeah, there you go. And I was like, do you want to come on my podcast? Are you, <laughs> are you in saying that I inspired the book? Is that, is that what uh, you mean? Yeah. No, that's but I'm saying like. that. I am saying that the last time I was on, I probably sounded like I was making it up. <laughs> You're like, okay, sure, Dan. <laughs> yeah. You're in an LA. Sounds like a great a book. book. Yeah, I've yeah, also totally. been writing a book for a decade. That, <laughs> and then I was like, hold on, I've got a call from my editor. Hello, real <laughs> editor? Uh, okay, yeah, go ahead and close that deal. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, We'll get to the book, but I want you guys to know even some even more important news, which is that, Ooh. guess what? I saw... The Kristen Stewart Princess Diana movie. Um, nice. I know Hell yeah. that you guys were waiting with <laughs> bated breath because your favorite thing is watching uh, rich women uh, play rich re- women, wretch over the toilet in uh, $10,000 dresses. That's like oh, your yeah. favorite. I feel like at this point, that director has a fetish. Like, who's the director? He did Jackie, like the. Oh, he does have a fetish. Very weird. He likes he likes rich women who are mm-hmm. also sad. Get me another sad rich woman. And <laughs> who, who else? Did you ever yeah. see uh, the Jackie movie? I saw it. Yeah, I saw so, it. So remember Natalie Portman's accent in that, where it was just like the New England debutante from hell meets like breathy porn star. Yeah, 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 yeah. The hot accent. Go on. Oh, you like that one? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it made me horny. Did it? <laughs> that was so I, I, weird. I, 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 this one. No, was... it was it was a strange accent, but I I just assumed because the whole Kennedy clan is just like made up accents, right? I, Aren't yeah, they all, it's got They're be. all just inventing stuff. Yeah. Can, I haven't seen the movie, but can I just say that if Princess Diana was alive today, mm-hmm. I have zero percent doubt that she would have fucked Pete Davidson. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. That's so uh, so I guess true. she would be like 70. You know what I mean? If the time were, were no. appropriate, no, she no, would. No, she would. She would. Yeah. And Pete would do it because he would be like, I don't know, man. All right. I guess I'll do it. I'll She's mean. an icon, you know. Uh. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So he would get man. he would get a new princess ta- like a crown tattoo yeah <laughs> on his exactly. hand or something like that. so i, I didn't mean to interrupt has... your review no, no. but i just i just there's i once you said it i was like oh my god no that's yeah. a perfect <laughs> that interruption i well I, I feel like there's this thing that we do uh now where like we we take old uh celebrity gossip and and we act like it's so bad and now we're like above uh, celebrity gossip like we take the same celebrity gossip but we give it like this sheen of uh, righteousness or feminism where, right like we pretend yeah. we give a shit about the person like we're still talking about their hair and their makeup and all this shit but now we're like for a moment like a moralistic or like political angle we're like and that's why it's good yeah, yeah it's it's still oh, gossip. we would have we done so much like I'm thinking of Britney Spears shaving her head. Well, that's right. what I'm saying. That like, conversation I, would have been so much different I today. Like we act like screaming "Leave Britney alone" is the same thing as actually leaving Britney alone, but right. it's like not. It's the opposite of that. No, and, yeah. And like that's this whole movie where it's like, man, wasn't the press so mean to Princess Diana? And it's like, why? Because they foisted their idea of what a princess should be onto her, unlike us who yeah, right, our yeah. own ideas about yeah, what a princess people trying should to be. profit off of her image and celebrity. Yeah. And constantly... it doesn't even have to be a princess anymore. It's just like John Mulaney. We're we're all gonna <laughs> pretend that this guy is some like bastion of masculine perfection, yeah. and then it turns out he does like things where you don't approve of. And we're like, oh, never mind. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, uh, like because in America, our celebrities are our royals because we don't you know we don't have the royals so we just like we put that kind of scorn and scrutiny onto anyone who's in the public eye on like a large stage but it's funny because it's like at the very least you can say with like the royal family like uh i don't know the kind of uh palace intrigue of it is somewhat at least the set design is nicer whereas like we're literally just being like you think olivia munn got pregnant so that she could have his baby but didn't love him at least get a palace we don't even have a palace it's just a a bunch of fucking loser comedians getting pregnant in a one bedroom and you're just like (laughs) (laughs) let's all let's all celebrate this shit and talk about it this twitch streamer is hooking up with this twitch streamer (laughs) did you hear who stab twitch streamers are the new royalty (laughs) right right yeah Yeah. stab is our prince harry um, yeah, we got Stav and then and then uh, Hassan is like the Prince Charles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hassan, Hassan Piker. is the crown prince of Twitch for sure. <laughs> you guys, oh, man. this fucking movie. First of all, like Kristen Stewart does an accent that's like even it's got to be like doubly more annoying than uh, Natalie. It's all Corbin. breath, right? Well, she's whispering like she's whispering mm. the whole time, but she's also is that what Prince, is that what Princess Diana did? I don't remember I, her. I think in interviews, her. right? She probably was very whispery and coy. Oh right? God, it's so awful. It's it's whispery, but it's also that like upper crust british accent which is like mm. the most grating accent that I yeah think yeah hello oh I'm, oh I'm your queen of england <laughs> so, that one so this movie like we want to imagine princess diana as like some kind of fucking uh you know like heroic iconoclast because she was like right because she was in an un- unhappy marriage i guess like so now right she's, and because she like took pictures with like uh people dying of aids yeah now you know? she's now she's a hero so like in order to have the idea that she is a hero and also that the monarchy is silly, which, you know, is unavoidable. Like you have to, like it's not, Yeah, you have to position her as mm-hmm. uh, this person who was like skeptical of the right. monarchy and thinks it's silly, which 
she was the daughter of a Viscount and she married like one of the ugliest men on earth. Uh, <laughs> like presumably like the appeal was that she could be a princess. It was like, right. Like, was that not, I mean, I don't know. Listen, I don't know Diana. Yeah. We never hung out or nothing, but I will say he didn't find her, you know, at a fucking Dave and Buster's. No. She's you know, not, like this isn't a rags movie to wants, riches story. Wants us to think that she left uh, the castle because she wanted. She literally says like that she just wants to do middle class things. And the next scene is her like going through the KFC drive through, and uh, and she's not middle class. No, she never was. <laughs> she's she grew up on the royal estate, like literally on the <laughs> royal estate. Uh, and all right, but I just got to tell you a little bit about this movie before uh, we move on. So there's like a extended. Um, analogy where Princess Diana imagines herself as Anne Boleyn. Uh, which, okay. First of all, all right. feels a little bit overwrought. Right. That you're thinking sure. That you think of yourself as a beheaded martyr because, <laughs> you know, your family makes you wear pearls sometimes. Um, right. And so she's like at the formal uh, royal dinner, like wearing her pearls, and she's like imagining Anne Boleyn. And so she's like, the pearls are choking her. And mm-hmm. so she tears them off and the pearls fly everywhere and they go into her soup and she eats the soup with the pearls in it. And she starts crunching on the pearls. The fuck? That would, what? that I don't like that as like a ASMR. Like, no, no, exactly. Hurts my like, teeth. I don't, uh, yeah. no, the whole thing like, like, that. like that made my like teeth, made me want to yeah. grind my, grind my teeth Ugh. because of the weird like clicking sounds, the clipped accent and then like crunching on pearls. Also, that's just like the shittiest. Films like if you think that is cool imagery, you have never seen a student film before. Like you've never <laughs> met a fashion student. Like we've seen that shit. Like someone eating curls. I, I I don't know if you want to like uh, how many spoilers you want to provide, but just well, because she dies I'm, at nev- the end. I'm I'm yeah. Well, that's what I was asking. I'm never gonna see this fucking movie. I am kind of curious that they address the car. Like, is no. yeah? Do they show? Ah, with- uh, why did really? they do that? No, literally no. the only thing I know about this woman. Yeah, and it's just- like why we go to literally. I'm I will I want to see it because I want to see her in the car get into <laughs> the like accident. I want a Michael Bay directed yeah. yes. fiery explosion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want the helicopter to come under the bridge. I mean, <laughs> the whole movie is her like Terminator <laughs> 2. <laughs> the whole movie is her at Christmas weekend uh like being sad and mm. and throwing up because she's sad uh cutting herself um and uh being late for formal dinners because she's so conflicted about everything oh god i just uh, i mean i think like half of it because here's the thing i i watched the show the crown on netflix yeah. i uh-huh. like i like it i think it's really well done i enjoy it as kind of like a period piece you know where you get like there's like the historical context yeah. costumes of yeah the costumes and also just like kind of you know learning about um I like knowing what was going on with the royal family in the 60s. Like that's interesting to me. And then the 80s and all that. Um so I'm not I'm not going to say I'm like anti uh watching a movie about a queen or whatnot. I just uh or a princess. I just am like the the casting decision of Kristen Stewart. There's something about Kristen Stewart that I just can't I personally just can't enjoy I can't enjoy. Yeah. Because she seems perpetually nonplussed uh to be 
in whatever film she or television show she's in. like she has a resting face that looks sort of like heartburn and everyone's constantly confusing it for like emotional complexity. And they're like, oh right. man, look how conflicted she is about being I just, a queen. And I'm I, like, I, I think she just looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> I just have never seen her be good in anything. And so it's like, it's not exciting to me. Um, she just, I don't know. She reminds me of every, every other fucking, you know, rich douchebag that I fucking knew growing up in LA who just, (laughs) you know, was just like their parents had fucking industry connections and you knew they were going to, they're jaded because they've been exposed to everything cool. Like always. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything's boring. That's the, that's the the thing is like, ew, I'm bored. That's the feeling (laughs) I get from, it's like her. And fucking like any any like L.A. local actor, the only one who I kind of like is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio because you know he's just great. Yeah. But like the rest of them, it's just always like you know. Oh, I, I was I was kind of like ready to defend her because I was like oh, I actually think she's okay, and I'm like looking through her filmography and I'm realizing that I don't like literally one single movie. <laughs> Not a thing. <laughs> so I don't know why I was so quick to like. Stan, I just don't have a particular problem with her, but also like I've never, I mean, the first half of it is all Twilight and then, and then it's just, uh, what did I like? Every two years, (laughs) every two years she, she, she stars in an art house movie that like 10 film critics say is the greatest thing ever. And then every once in a while you actually see one and you're like, eh, and then Mm. uh, the cycle Mm -hmm. repeats itself. Yeah, I just like I I mean, I'm, it's not to say that I don't like I wouldn't welcome the idea of her being good in something, but I'm like the idea of her playing this character. Again, it's like I don't care about Hollywood industry royalty, even if she's not royalty, but you know, someone Hollywood insider, basically a fucking Hollywood industry kid. Uh, playing the role of someone who was also like was a a, a part of uh, lived yeah. on the royal estate, you know, it's just the like British oh, version God. of that, yeah, uh, the British version of that. It's just too, it's too, uh, uh, it doesn't work for me. Also um, interesting, amazing that she like continues like an adult career because I feel like her appeal was mm-hmm. she looked like a mopey teenager, yeah. And so I don't like the Twilight movies, but I'm like, no, no, but she's perfect for that, like mm-hmm. totally fucking mopey, you know, like almost like a Winona Ryder, like yeah, 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 yeah goth yeah. kid, you know. But yeah. then she became an adult, and I'm like, huh, still yeah. getting adult work, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, well. <laughs> She's kind of like how Eli Manning still seems like a five. Like, he's retired. He's old enough to be retired, but he, he still seems like a five-year-old who just skinned his knee. Like, he's always. Yeah, some men just have that <laughs> that boy look, that boy, you know. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we can pivot. But it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Oh, you yeah. like it a lot. <laughs> so good. You get to see her be sad. In a big taffeta skirt, um, you get to see mm. her be sad in like a like a little sailor hat with a black <laughs> veil on it. Uh, you get to see her be sad in a uh, chartreuse blazer with a matching tricorner hat, which is very exciting. Oh, that um, sounds great, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's so many different. Uh, I know the director is Chilean, but it all feels very Italian. Like, oh, look at the la bellissima lady. She's going to be a sad in a bigger hat, and then she's going to be a sad in the best, the most shiny dress that you ever see. <laughs> a princess. Oh, why you cry, a principe? <laughs> yeah. The principe, she's so sad. Oh, it's, it means so much to me. Um, yeah, I wanted to pivot to american royalty uh pete davidson all right let's no. talk more about it <laughs> back to the old pete, pete do you no, think in this case he, I, all right <laughs> go ahead 
I just uh, like he feels like you know when a like a make a wish kid like he <laughs> he has a terminal illness and he's living out his his all of maybe his there dreams. is some like weird Hollywood make a wish program that only celebrities know about the yeah. cabal it's like we got decided. a bill Pete Pete yeah. was gonna be going just back to Staten Island but I'm sorry we got to make him famous because yeah. he's he's dying soon so yeah we pulled get him a, who, who wants to step up and be a uh, like a you know the woman who goes out with him yeah, yeah. all right we got a few volunteers here okay Ariana Grande <laughs> yeah I mean we yeah. pulled Machine Gun Kelly out of like special ed class and we're like all right which starlet <laughs> is gonna be the one <laughs> Like Machine Gun Kelly is the most has the most fucking uh, I love turtles ass face of of like any rock star. Like no one has ever looked more just like oh choo choo train. You know what I mean? Like I imagine not- that when he's like not doing like actively doing anything he's yeah. just like putty sitting in a chair yeah you know yeah. <laughs> it's like do you want a book no i'm good yeah. <laughs> so, can you put on my favorite song and it's just yakety sack you know it's <laughs> just like i like it. it's fast like there's something about him that you just go like there's not much going on up there but he is thinking <laughs> about like what animals would beat other animals in a in a one on one combat. I, I keep I keep getting asked about him in interviews where they're like, "Well, do you think punk and pop punk is gonna come back?" Because I mean, there's Machine Gun Kelly. I'm like, okay, name one other person. <laughs> yeah. Talking about like, is that a trend? I think it's just the one guy who happens to be dating a Megan woman Fox. who's friends with yeah, like the Kardashians. Also, he's just yeah. friends with. Travis Barker. I like that the, every interview he tells people like, yeah, man, it's crazy. Like I had a poster of uh, Megan Fox on my wall or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. He's you, like, you thought Megan Fox was hot in like 2007? Weird. You're so unique. and Yeah. <laughs> He's like Bob Odenkirk and I think you should leave. I used to have a poster on my wall before I met her. Then I met her and we got married. But she's beautiful, but she's dying. I have eight. I have eight cars. <laughs> I got Machine Gun Kelly's got every kind of classic car. <laughs> every classic. Oh car. man, that's the perfect uh, pivot because I wanted to bring up uh, this this profile of Papa John. I feel like last time you came on, we talked <laughs> about. Uh, <laughs> wasn't that? Yeah, I was just gonna say like, how wasn't there a profile of Papa John last time? I was, I was I think like two was, years ago. I think it was the. Uh, <laughs> it was. No, it was uh, the art guy with the who does all the bodega coffees that we talked about last time. I oh. think. Uh, mm. What's that guy's name again? I forget. Um, the art art critic. What's his face? Oh, oh. Jerry Salt. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, mm. yeah a lunatic. Yeah. A little, little gremlin. <laughs> so this one is a uh, profile. I'm sorry. Of- can we stop one second? Uh, I just got to pee real Ugh. bad. Go all right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you don't want to miss bad. this. Oh. So quick, though. <laughs> He's got to talk to us from the bathroom still. Now's when we can say all the racial epithets we want because they're just going to get they're just going to get cut. No, no, not before <laughs> you talk about Papa John. That's like, oh, yeah, fate. that's like, I know. right? <laughs> um, You know what? Uh, speaking of racial epithets, I was <laughs> I was just telling of uh, and pizza. I was telling a friend about a movie last night that they had not seen. But are you familiar with um, Homie Spumoni? No, Vince, you got to watch it. Vaguely I discovered it right before the pandemic and I was obs- it was like it's like one of the truly best bad movies I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. It's Donald Faison and Jamie Lynn Sigler at like the height of their like 
TV show fame, like yeah. Scrubs and uh, Sopranos were gone. And it's like he is a black man who is adopted by an Italian family. So he grows up thinking he's Italian. And then his parents, played by Paul Mooney and Whoopi Goldberg, come back. And it's like one of the most racist movies. You must watch it. I insist. I I insist. It's it's all on YouTube. I insist you watch it. Oh, I will. I I will drive the Blu-ray over to your house if you want. No, that looks amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, So Papa John, like we got another celebrity who both reminds me of uh weird eating habits like jerry Sauls and uh and and is exactly like the i think you should leave he's like the real life version of that that guy who has uh multiple classic cars right um, yeah there's this uh new profile of him uh in in bloomberg and it has so much great color about the life of papa john that i just i can't get enough of <laughs> Uh, the morning after detailing his martyrdom, Schnatter, that's his last name, John Schnatter, Schnatter mm. wants to show off his mansion. Clad in a black t-shirt, jeans, and white pumas, he strolls into the dining room, leaning on a high-backed chair. He points out the room's many wonders. The banquet table, he says, holds 34 people. The chandeliers that once hung in a London bank. The Raphael-inspired frescoes in which angels, cherubs, cherubs and biblical characters mingle. That's Moses getting circumcised, he says. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he says he wanted to avoid building quote an ostentatious four-story house which is why much of his was built into a slope and can't be seen from the road <laughs> so so it actually is a really big house but it only looks it's you can just see the tip of it yeah it's real small it's like that it's like an inception when it's like under the snow you just see the little <laughs> trap door it's like a, if a flounder was a house you only like when it comes right at you you can't see it uh, he has his project manager walk me around to the side where we enter a tunnel designed to look like a centuries-old Italian streetscape. This leads to the subterranean garage where Schnatter parks his three vintage Chevrolet Z28s. Uh, he's got he's got trips of those. He's got triples is safe. Triples is best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, Schnatter reappears and leads me through a door back into the house. We head to his gym, a cavernous room decorated with wall-to-wall memorabilia documenting his rise as a pizza mogul, and to an old-timey movie theater where he watches football. Uh, Then we climb the circular staircase up to the foyer, the centerpiece of which is a 16-foot-tall sculpture of two eagles descending from the sky mating. (laughs) Wait, 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 mating? (laughs) (laughs) It just glossed over the fact that they're fucking. It's a (laughs) 16-foot-tall sculpture of eagles fucking. Um, It just speaks to me, he says, gazing up at it. I think it's badass. (laughs) (laughs) I love this, like, fucking weirdo pizza xanadu that he's gonna fucking od in <laughs> like yeah oh he, my god so rosebud he, is just a, is just another <laughs> sculpture of like fucking two eagles just playing cards it's a it's a snow globe he had of two eagles fucking when he was a kid <laughs> <laughs> he uh oh. so he cashed out his stock in papa john which was worth uh 500 million dollars um jesus but now he's like become, you know, the like poster boy for cancel culture, cancel culture or something? and like the sensitive. Uh, yeah, because he's a he's a he's a like multi multi millionaire who yeah. will never like know consequences in his life. Of course, he's the poster boy for cancel. Right. culture. I mean, yeah. I think the problem is I feel like we do this thing where we uh, we take 
really dumb people and we elevate them into celebrities and then we act like they're going to speak as if they've taken a graduate level sociology course. Uh, right. and, then, and then when they don't, we're like, let's kill them. And it's like, well, of course he has to like go right wing now. Cause those are the only people that are willing to listen to. Right. Him. But didn't no, but he, it, it's not like he like misgendered someone. He was just like saying the, he was throwing around the N word no, at board meetings. And no, stuff. that's what, okay. You, I'll, I'll, I'll read you the story of what actually happened and you can oh, uh, right. take it for, Oh, we're getting the real juice yeah. about Papa John. Uh, toward the end of the month, this is the month before he like got fired. Schnatter joined a conference call. He says he thought was going to be a routine discussion about the ads he'd appear in next. He remembers being surprised when Stein, who's like one of the ad agency guys, instead presented him with a series of racially themed questions he might encounter in the chats. Uh, one question you'll get in some form is, John, are you racist? Stein told him, according <laughs> to a transcript of the conversation that later became public. Stein told Schnatter they needed to craft some, quote, very tight talking points in preparation for such queries. Right now, their imaginations are running wild, Stein said. They think I don't that think you, that you need. I'm sorry, but I don't think you need talking points. I just think no, I'm not <laughs> yeah, racist. Right. <laughs> would, yeah. would suffice. They think that you're this right wing extremist neo Nazi racist. This was basically because he uh, complained about the NFL like mishandling the Colin Kaepernick thing, uh, which everybody uh-huh. assumed meant that he like you know didn't think Colin Ka- like he didn't like Colin Kaepernick or something. Which oh, okay. Maybe he did. Unclear. Whatever. Like just saying the NFL mishandled it. It's like okay, fine. They uh-huh. mishandle everything, so of course they probably did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Schnatter says he feels as if Stein was trying to bait him into saying something that might subsequently embarrass him. Uh, running through Stein's questions, he expressed disbelief that anyone could accuse him of being a racist. Schnatter said that he'd grown up at a time quote when they used to drag black people around behind a pickup truck until they were dead. He called NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell a coward and accused him of destroying players' bodies and minds. They're all beating up their wives. They're all on steroids or pot, and now he's going to let them protest. Near the end of the call, Schnatter expressed his exasperation with the backlash against him. What bothers me is Colonel Sanders called blacks the N-word. Well, he said the word, obviously. Uh, Schnatter said, I'm like, well, I never use that word. Switching to the royal we, he added... (laughs) Yet we use the word debacle and we get framed in the same genre. It's crazy. Uh, almost two months later, Forbes reported that Schnatter had used the slur. Uh, the article described the circumstances of the call and said that he'd been attributing the epithet to Sanders, uh, but it didn't <laughs> report the conversation in detail. Uh, yeah. So, like, so he, got, he got canceled for uh, trying to quote for, Colonel Sanders. quoting his fictionalized him. idea. And the worst part <laughs> is that Colonel Sanders didn't get any blowback. <laughs> yeah, like, it totally missed the it. point. Well, yeah. The best is that the... You're going to cancel anyone. Cancel the Colonel. <laughs> the, the, the descendants of Colonel Sanders were very angry about this, by the way. <laughs> They're like, how dare you say this about Colonel Sanders, who never used? I love it. It's like when the descendants of Thomas Jefferson uh, will will be like, well, in his defense, uh, (laughs) you see that all the time. I I just love the idea of like Thomas Jefferson descendants and Colonel Sanders descendants getting together and just being like, 
stop talking shit about our dads. Yes, they had a pass. Yeah. It would have been you know? so funny if it just kept going around where like Colonel Sanders was like, well, did you know Mr. Like the McDonald's guy <laughs> used to say F-A-G-G-O-T? Like, like yeah. they just kept going around. They're like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aunt Jemima used to call me a retard. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dave yeah, okay. Thomas was very anti-trans. <laughs> he would, yeah. <laughs> he would say the K Jewish word that we're all, oh, no, we're not going to say it. Like, oh. I love but also, too, like all the founders of these companies, these companies all started in like the 40s. They are all like huge, exactly. like, like Disney esque, <laughs> Walt Disney esque characters, you know, who just like said anti Semitic things all the time. Yeah. Whenever it comes to like a quote, like cancellation or whatever of like this someone who's just like a dumbass who talks too much, like anyone else well, in his position, I'm sure thinks the same or much worse right but whenever it's like someone who's like a ceo multi-millionaire type guy and they end up getting quote canceled or whatever i'm always like that all just sounds like corporate sabotage it sounds like like uh like there's fucking powers at work yeah yeah that it's like board members who are like let's get him the fuck out of here and then finding out a way to do it. it it's not like this like big like you know People are just online looking for things. It's like, no, this is it's a concerted some, effort. It's a concerted effort. They by wanted the people. their stock price to go up or they wanted to sell it to a, like an overseas yes. company. And so or they wanted they to drive were, down the stock price or whatever. They, they think yeah. you're poisonous and they're like, we got to get this person out yeah. of here. It's like it's all some succession ass bullshit. Whenever it's like it's, a, yeah. What's that show that uh, uh, Silicon Valley did a good job when the, with the, like the Google guy when they just like kept trying to get him out of the company, you know, yeah. like, yeah. It's it's totally that. It's just a it board is. who, yeah, and I'm sure they work in tandem with right. media to make that happen. Right. I want to say I don't think all those guys are, you know, probably I'm like I'm not going to sit here and defend millionaires, but I agree right. with you that there are. It is suspicious that like <laughs> these things just oh, like happen when when you got to sell the stock or something. Right, and they always turn into like you know uh, rather than this like fight that you see in public over like you know two fucking like board members who are like uh, uh i represent the a shares and i represent the b shares of this fucking you know company it ends up being like oh this is all a media fight and so now i'm gonna like pivot to like right wing fucking yeah like they turn it into i'm just like gonna a... increase the power of these like like independent punditry well they of, turn it like, into the same yeah. shitty culture war like it has anything right. to do with that and it's like we don't and like we care. don't need this any more of that just content. like this is just a dumbass pizza guy who talks too much yeah <laughs> I just I'm I'm always looking at those things as like the the way that they pivot it to like the cancel culture or the culture war or whatever. And I'm just like, it's not about that, man. It's fucking that's why I like this new season of succession where it's just like this entire family fighting over like (laughs) what's his name? Uh, Like the the, the son trying to cancel the dad. Like that's fucking. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what it is. They're just all trying to gotcha each other, like using the, the current means at hand. Right. Do, yeah. Do you remember uh, that's probably the last time I was on? There was that story where the Papa John's guy, you know, he had done an interview about it. Like then he kept like stepping on the rakes. You know, he did an interview where he tried to like rehabilitate his image. And he said that really weird thing about like, I eat 30 pizzas a month or something, like whatever that was. Yeah. And then that became like a meme. And then he did try to do more image rehabilitation. And he, if I'm not mistaken, like started a TikTok where he showed off his house. Yep. Yep. And he was yep. in like boot cut jeans with these like cowboy boots just showing off like 
of a 30 foot statue in his foyer of like Michelangelo, yeah. you know, like Eating flying a pizza. up the to Ninja touch- Turtle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. like the Noid fighting with the devil. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's so, the, that's the beauty of long this guy. Of this guy. <laughs> is that like he cannot go like three words without saying something that people are like, oh, okay, okay, buddy, oh, right. no. <laughs> but that's kind of what makes him interesting to me. And we're trying to act like that makes him, uh, you know, like more evil than the average CEO right, no, or somehow. Yeah, it's like okay, he's just uh, he's the same thing, but he's he's wearing bootcut jeans. Right, he's just he's just uh, your average everyday dumbass who has five hundred million dollars, you know. So it's like and a subterranean house and triples yeah. of every kind of classic car. <laughs> yeah, he got triples. He's got triples of a Camaro Z twenty eight. By the way, not amazing. Just... <laughs> uh, like yeah, I love it. The ultimate uh, pizza millionaire car. Yeah, that's so much better than getting insurance. Yeah. yeah, you just yeah. crack one up and you, whatever yeah. you just throw it out. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be insurance. funny if like the triples is the, the insurance. <laughs> the garbage cans in front of his house and there's just like Camaros stuffed into it. He's like, well, I, I got into a fender bender, so I just threw it out. Gave this one to my maid because I yeah. cracked the axle. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, but before before we started recording, we were uh, talking shit on Dave Grohl, which I appreciate. We were. Um, yeah, no, but you uh, I'll take a, responsibility for that. Well, you had a great story about uh, a, a Dave Grohl in the wild sighting, which well, yeah, because we were talking about like this image that Dave Grohl has of this like happy go lucky guy. Everybody yeah. likes him, and I sometimes just get tired of that. But he's the, the one... most daytime TV ass like rock star of all time. Yeah, and he's it's the like Jimmy Jimmy Fallon. Yes, of rock and it's just it's tiring. I mean, I just like. I, you know, I was saying before that, like, if he really was that nice of a guy, like he would have saved Kurt Cobain, you know, like he would have saved <laughs> well, his life, but he didn't. So he's a coward. That's on him. Sure. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. If Dave, you listen, you're, you're open invitation. Uh, well, but the story that I was telling you was that I've, I've never met him, but um, my friend Josh just like has a has a knack for running into f- celebrities when they're in their cars and he said one day he like pulled up to a red light in la and the car next to him somebody was just like air drumming just like really getting into whatever they were listening to and they like looked over and it was just a smiley dave Grohl being (laughs) dave Grohl in his car by himself but then he said like a little while later he was crossing the street in like beverly hills or something like that and the car at the at the stop sign or the red light or whatever was like really aggressively trying to get like around my friend and the car was like beeping and the guy stuck his head out the window and it was Mark Wahlberg. And he was like, if you're going to go fucking go already. <laughs> it's, it's like, I love, I love when celebrity reputations are solidified. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two in a row for my friend there. Yeah. yeah just two, the se- two second glimpses of both of those guys that let you know that everything you ever thought about them is totally 100%. confirmed. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Listen, I'm, I'm happy. Go for, if you're going to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that Dave Grohl is, is happy and leading a happy life. I just feel like, um, yeah, he could be, the he music could be Chris is Novoselic, you know, 
I definitely don't dislike him. You know, I'm just I don't like, dislike so, him. I, I, it's I just so tiring. Like, yeah, he's a nice guy. I get it. <laughs> I just don't think the music. I've just not never been a Foo Fighters fan. And so, like, for me, um, I've always just I've appreciated the fact that he was a, the drummer of Nirvana because I was a huge Nirvana and a fan. Great drummer. And then, like, I love his drumming way more than the Foo Fighters drummer's drumming. Yeah. And I, I you know, but just I. I feel like I'm supposed to like Foo Fighters, and I just don't. And I yeah, don't know. yeah. It feels the reason like, I was so yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It feels like the the media has been trying to convince us to love the Foo Fighters, or that they just assume that someone else loves the Foo Fighters. Uh, right. Yeah, and it's just it's just because it's like very generic, too big to fail type of. Yeah. And that's what that's why when I got on the call, I was like getting into Dave Grohl because I do feel like. He is a little bit uh, my competitor because we both had this book uh, books out this week by the same publisher. Oh, and yeah. I'm sure his book is going to sell like a million more copies over the, you know, this month than mine. Mm -hmm. But right before I hopped on the call, I just got the indie bestseller list. And uh, my book was number four and his book was number seven. So eat my fucking <laughs> yeah. butt. Nice guy, girl. Suck it, dude. Suck it, Dave Grohl. Indeed. Love that Ozzy bum. I love it. Good for you, man. So you yeah, didn't. Uh, sorry. You didn't have to interview Dave Grohl for this book at all. No, he actually does make an appearance in it kind of because um, when he started Foo Fighters, uh, they took Jawbreaker on tour because Jawbreaker yeah. had also opened for Nirvana. That's kind of how they got discovered. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but, you know, Blake from Jawbreaker was like, man, it was so defeating because we're watching Foo Fighters just take off into the heavens with seemingly no effort. And then we're like struggling to get anybody to listen to it. So I really feel like Jawbreaker in this regard where I'm like, yeah, my publisher's got like how many hundred thousand copies of this book on hand? And then I have like, you know, my little book that could, but it's doing really well. And so I'm like, yeah, take that, Dave Grohl. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Jawbreaker so rules. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure uh, Dave Grohl is going to be really upset uh, that when right. he goes home tonight that he didn't beat me on the indie bestseller list <laughs> when he goes home to his three mansions and three Camaros. Yeah, he's got he's also got mansion. triples. Yeah, <laughs> I just assume every millionaire has like three of every car. Yeah. <laughs> so but. you oh, so so the book is about it's sort of about a period when like major labels were interested in like signing signing these punk bands to. Uh... Yeah, post post Dookie. Yeah. Like punk interest. Mm -hmm. uh, and so like every every chapter is like 40 pages on one band's story, like going oh. to a major, you know. So who else besides uh, Jawbreaker do you have in there? All right. Well, I, got, I wonder how, if I could uh, start timing myself on this. But Green Day Jawbreaker, Jimmy Eat World, Blink-182, At the Drive-In, The Donna's Thursday, The Distillers, My Chemical Romance, Rise Against and Against Me. Those nice. are the 11. So yeah, it's like Slipknot? 11 mini You got profiles. Slipknot in there? <laughs> I didn't get Slipknot. I'm Happy Slip birthday to, oh no, they put out new music for the first time in two years today. Yeah, and I'm seeing them tonight. And oh, they were yeah. feuding with uh, Machine Gun Kelly, apparently. So, oh, are they? Someone was. Yeah. Like they had a yeah. war of words over like someone's song not going on the other person's album or some shit like that. Like I uh, said, I've cursed myself uh, to read about Machine Gun Kelly because he's like constantly <laughs> in my newsfeed and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? So yeah. I click who's on doing it. this to me? Yeah, so I click on it trying to figure out who's doing this to me and then it just makes it work worse because Google's like, you must be interested in Machine Gun Kelly. Here, five more stories. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, no, please stop. <laughs> but you, my you, my, uh, do you guys Twitter also think that you just love 
Paul F. Tompkins and Phoebe Bridgers. Yes. The two things. It's like, here's another Phoebe Bridgers viral tweet. You want to see this, right? And I'm like, I don't I don't, not really. It. I it, it, Like if you go into like the Explorer tab, it's always like the first one. And I, I said it as this was Sopranos. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. give me all this. That Sopranos makes sense. News. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. Right under it. It's like Paul F. Tompkins. And then like under that, it's like SNL. And I'm like, I I literally have muted the <laughs> main Tompkins SNL. Okay. Uh, he he was like one of the original like people on Twitter, right? Like he did really well early on on Twitter. He must did have he? some kind of de- yeah. It was like him and Rob Delaney, right? Were like okay. among the really really first and Michael Ian Black, like among the yeah. first early adopters. And so he must have some kind of deal with Twitter. You know, well, yeah, where, keeping him going. I, and I love Paul F. Tompkins. D- don't get me wrong. I think he's fucking great. I think he's really fucking funny. And I I enjoy his podcast appearances um, on. But it's like on, Dave Grohl. I don't need to hear about him this much. I just like, I don't need it. Like push towards me. If something good happens, you know, like fucking organically, then. Totally. then I'll see yeah. That no, tweet. it'll show me. It'll show me a tweet of his that has like 300 likes. I'm like, did you did I need to see this? Yeah, like, this is not yeah. newsworthy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, with a, on a million followers, which is like me getting, yeah. you know, 12 likes. He'll just quote tweet likes. something and and that'll show up in my feed like, yeah, I don't, I don't need it. But um, but that I mean, the, the bands you listed, all good bands that uh, I I have seen Thursday. My, my um, cousin uh, went to high school with uh, Trey from Green Day up in the. Up no in way, Mendocino County. Yeah, wow. yeah, and Spy Rock, right? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually, yeah, I loved. Uh, did you read Frank the, Edwin Wright the Third? Did is you, his name? Did you read Larry, Larry Livermore's book about? Uh, I loved it. How loved to it. ruin a record label? Oh my too. gosh, I, I, Larry was the first person I interviewed. Oh really? Uh, for the book? Yeah, I went to his apartment in Queens and we did like a three-hour interview because I was just so enthralled with. Look out records. Yeah. If, if you haven't read it, the book just uh, that Vince just referenced how to ruin a record label. If you like or look out records, which was Green Day, early Green Day, Operation Ivy, you know, and like mm. uh, they once Green Day got famous, they basically made 10 million dollars over like in a year. Wow. A little bedroom label. And then over the next like decade, they just fucking mismanaged and oh no went out of it like uh heartbreaking yeah but yeah i love that book i like i visited my cousins like a couple times uh when i was in high school up in that area and it always like felt like such a weird weird place to me and i never really like understood the background on why until uh i read some of larry livermore stuff like larry livermore lived up in you know uh mendocino county in like the emerald triangle or or whatever and uh you know it used to be this place where all these hippies went to to grow pot and just have like a chill time which is basically i assume what my uncle did and uh but then at some point in like the 90s the the government started like raiding the shit out of all the pot Mm. things and just like throwing everyone in jail so then it became super like conspiratorial and clannish because like you know you never know you never knew who coming in might be like an informant and uh and it turned it like really just like conspiratorial and paranoid so it's like this weird weird place like up in the redwoods uh where you know people are like well and he he moved out i think in 87 and that must have predated that because he he said it was like all deadheads like living off the grid yeah and then yeah Uh, and then it became you know and then it became then meth then the government came in to bust the pot growers and then people started doing meth and then like the mm -hmm. cartels came in and it became like this sort of dangerous place that still had like the hippie 
you know, like the hippie vibe to it in some ways, but was also, right. you know, just so what was your cousin of- set up? Like Larry said he was like, you couldn't, he was the only house within like a mile. And it was like, I don't even think he had, he had like a generator. So they were in the town of, of Willits, which is a small town, but it's still a town. Whereas like, you know, if you go up there, you get up into the, the hills out into like the backwoods pretty quickly. And I guess that's where uh, like Trey was actually Larry Livermore's one of his, cl- neighbor, one of his yeah. only neighbors, like way up. In, it's it's yeah. in, it's in sellout. Yeah. He like taught him how to play drums essentially. Yeah. Wow. Which, and in my mind, he's like one of the best, like, you know, that fucking, the drum solo at the in, in burnout will always be like, Oh my God. A foundational like music moment for me. When yeah. I hear that, like, rapid fire like double machine gun i declare oh it's so good (laughs) yeah yeah. he he met he met uh trey who was again named frank edwin wright the third he met him when he was 12 and he just basically was like there's no other like everybody in town is a deadhead uh do you want to play in my punk band and then he got this like 14 year old basses so it was just like him who was like probably 35 at that time and like two kids and he just started a band called the lookouts and it kind of eventually led to green day in a, in a weird way yeah and he's like hey i'm gonna name you trey cool and yeah. people were like okay <laughs> and he's, to this day he's still named that so funny <laughs> only uh, i mean it, it's i just feel like only in that time period could you go around being like hi i'm trey cool without people just being like no that yeah. can't be your name <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. not allowed not yeah. to, I'm not just saying this because to bring it full circle, but I really do feel like I was like, who could be named Trey Cool? And it's like Pete Davidson Pete could Davidson. try the name Pete <laughs> Trey Cool. Like if Pete just was walking around being like, I'm Trey Cool. I'm Trey Cool now. <laughs> that would be <laughs> so great. Now he could pull it off because apparently he can pull anything off. He is magic. Yeah. Um, so you interviewed Jawbreaker. Uh, did you interview uh, all of Jawbreaker? Yeah. Uh, so you interviewed Adam? Yeah. Uh, Adam, uh, he, after Jawbreaker, well, I mean, I guess Jawbreaker is still going, uh, but he ended up buying um, a uh, a video rental store in San Francisco yep. called mm-hmm. Lost Weekend Video. And oh, that's- shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where uh, we, uh, me and my friends had a weekly show there. Oh, cool. And uh, that, that's actually how I first heard of Jawbreaker was through him. Uh, people were like, yeah, he's in this band Jawbreaker. And I was just like, I had completely missed it. But uh, he's one of the greatest guys uh, I know, and uh, from from what I hear, that whole band is just filled with the uh, filled with cool dudes. What, what's well, they're their just, story? They're they're like really all very interesting people. To, I interview, I try to interview everybody like individually, so I interviewed right. them all individually, and they were all very interesting, smart guys. They all, went, yeah. first of all, this is this is in the book, but Adam and Blake met at this like prep school in Santa Monica oh. that uh like the other alumni were Gwyneth Paltrow, Jonah Hill. Oh, like, is this they new were, roads? Like, new roads or crossroads? No, crossroads, yes, crossroads. Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. met there <laughs> and then they went to like NYU. You know, they're just like very well educated guys. I um, give Adam a pass. He, he, he's, he no, can go there. He's they're tight. real ones, but they were yeah. definitely came from like, you know, they they were educated uh people but um 
but uh you know i interviewed them all and they were all like really smart really nice but then i like came away from it being like oh yeah i can see why you guys didn't want to be a band anymore like yeah, they're very yeah. different people yeah adam adam you know blake is like super uh chris is a very eccentric guy blake is like very smart very sincere very funny guy and adam is like yeah the most kind of um I don't know. He's definitely I, I, what I found about like documenting 11 bands is there's always one person who's like the band historian mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like keeps all their photos and flyers and stuff. And Adam's definitely that guy. Yeah. Um, he has all the like tour dates written down and like, you know, Polaroids and stuff like that. So I like latched on to him a little bit. But uh, but yeah, he let me stay at he had he was renting this apartment in San Francisco that he like he lives in a house there, but he ha also had a, an apartment. And uh, when I moved out and had to like every time I had to go back up to San Francisco, um, when I moved out to L.A. and I had to go back, uh, he would let me stay at his apartment. And uh, so for that, I will forever be I'm like, that's the coolest guy in the world. Yeah, I feel when you talked about them being different, I feel like that is almost like central to punk as like a genre. Like To me, it is sort of like. Uh, you know, fight club in that way where it combines people that maybe got into it because they thought, you know, it was uh, some sort of, uh, they got into it because it was transgressive art kind of thing. And then other people who got into it because they just wanted to like rock out and beat people yeah. up. And I think that maybe even goes back to like the Ramones, like Joey and mm. Johnny were kind of that split. And it seems like it's true of like, the entire scene. Well, I, I like, you know, I, I'm really always like very hesitant to like really be, pat myself on the back for anything. But the, at the drive in chapter of this book is like the most proud of anything that I've oh, ever nice. written. And those guys, I mean, talk about like, I mean, like Jawbreaker was three different people. This was five different people and like just different in every way. They like can't, you know, all three like di like racial diversity, like mm. Puerto Rican and also Mexican and also Lebanese and, and white. And like so just very diverse as just a people and then they came from different musical place like two of them were just like metalheads mm -hmm. and then omar and cedric came from this like very you know they wanted to be like weirdo punk you know yeah, and yeah. and then jim does like his very sort of straightforward rock thing grew up on like the cure and stuff like that um and they together i mean like they were just a phenomenal band because it was just like explosive you know yeah. it's just almost like when you have sex with like a you know like you you ever have just like a post fight sex or something mm -hmm. like that it mm. felt like that every night and i tried to like paint it as such but then they were just it was just too chaotic to last really um yeah so there was only really like the thing that gets lost about at the drive-in is they put relationship of command out which is their album that stands the test of time but they were only a band for six months after that mm. came out and then they were yeah. gone like i feel like we think of them as like this long-standing band but they put out their big album and then within the year they were done so uh, and then the the two of them formed the mars volta right well yeah the whole both bands split um there was uh omar and cedric did mars volta which was yeah. like spacey jamming rock yeah 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 and and the rest of them did sparta which was like very more straight ahead oh okay rock you know um driving rock uh and you could kind of see it was almost i i i think of it a lot as uh when the you um when like the UK office ended right. and Stephen Merchant did uh, like hello, some ladies. Good, hello ladies, which I think is very funny. Yeah. And 
and Ricky Gervais did that fucking Derek show. Yeah, the one where like, he's like, I, I, I have, I have autism. I have au- autism, and and also I've never talked to an autistic person before. <laughs> I, I, I think that means covering, like, just disheveling your hair and being like, I, I don't, I don't, you know, like just doing this like offensive, like, ah. So when those two split, I was like, oh, you could see who had yes. what talent in this yes. in this group. Not yeah. that, like I do think Gervais is very talented at making like awkward comedy. Or, sure, or like but without without Stephen Merchant, exactly. Exactly. Was and so good, though that's Stephen Merchant. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, because that was Merchant. You could just you could just see you could just yeah. see what their talents were. You know, yeah. uh, it was the same thing with that to drive in. Like those two bands split up, and I was like, oh, okay, I could see, you know, like why who was bringing what to the table here. Mars Volta rules, and so uh, Mars. I Volta, like that first album. That, well, when was the last time you listened to it? Uh, it's been a while. It's been yeah. a while. Uh, and I will admit I've only listened to that one album. Me too. Um, I was obsessed with it when I came. Yeah, out. me too. I was like, this is this is incredible. This is next level. And that guy's voice is just insane. But, but you know what ruined it for me? I was like, I loved the album. I thought it was so crazy. And then I saw them. Yeah, I think at Irving Plaza in New York. And they turned what were already like five minute, six minute songs oh, into no. like eleven minute <laughs> no. jams, and I was just yeah. like, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah." Nah, I don't know if I am on there, board for this. There's, I think, yeah. There's something about a self indulgent musician who does good songs at at like a, the, you know, at like a, I think a palatable length because like six minutes is a long time, but I can, yeah. it's palatable. I can handle it. Too and then you you see them live and they're like i'm just gonna do whatever um you're yeah. not gonna know when to clap because it's just the song's not really gonna end it's just gonna go into the next <laughs> yeah. one where it's like you're making it hard for me to like you right. as a right. person who is and that art is very personal i don't want i don't want to talk shit on you want to talk about my friend zane yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i have a friend from high school he is a great guy he's a really really nice guy um and he's a musician he um you know, uh, he's just like a virtuoso guitar player. And he was doing this show at the Troubadour. And I was like, oh, I want to go to it. So uh, I took Vince. And um, he's like one of those guys who's like so good at guitar that like his version of what sounds good is like eight layers too deep. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, and when you're like. And it's too deep where you're like, okay. And, yeah. We get so, it. So like <laughs> he's doing these like long drawn out guitar solos. And it's like, there's no back. It's just him and a guitar. And like, uh, a lot of it is looking sexy too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And And then Evan Rachel Wood showed up. (laughs) Some girl showed up, started singing. And I like a minute into the song, I turned to Matt. I was like, man, that girl really looks like Evan Rachel Wood. And it was Evan Rachel Wood. It it was. Yeah. They're like (laughs) friends or something. He's someone, he's like one of the few people who I knew growing up, uh, growing up who, is essentially an industry kid. I, I think, you know, his parents are both in the music industry and, and whatnot, but he was okay. Cause he was always very nice to me and he was kind of a dork. So like he always wanted to play Pokemon and shit. But the jamming thing, I'd rather, I'd rather yeah. just hear someone play Wonderwall. Like that's yeah, the honest, one time yeah, where I'm yeah. like, I just, I would actually just rather make it sound <laughs> like the CD. Or- yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. like, there's, there's, I mean, you don't have to, you can cut, you can add a little bit of flourish to a song, but like, you don't know, you know that doesn't mean length. You know what I mean? Did either of you guys go to the, uh, did either of you guys go to the dead shows in LA this week? Cause a no. bunch of my friends did. And I was is like, that the Ugh. one it was John Mayer is in the dead. Yeah. Man, he's right? in the dead. Now, yeah. yeah. 
And I, I don't know how I know this, but the deadheads in their community, for some reason, they call him Josh or Joel or something. I don't know mm. how I know that. That's Somebody like was name. telling me, oh, did you know, like in the forums, like they he's kind of a meme, like they call him Joel. And I'm like, what the fuck are you, you <laughs> fantasy world are you living in? <laughs> deadheads yeah. are it, on... it sounded like the let's go Braden thing where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, 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 Brandon, yeah. Let's go. Brand. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. The, deadheads are on some on some other shit like they, they really are like uh, uh, it's like going into Twitter for the first time and yeah. only reading Jabuki content. <laughs> where you're just like, I don't know what this is in reference to, right. or it's what like you're seeing the, about. the 20th uh, Avengers movie, right? Yeah, and you're yeah. like, uh, how, what, who are the people? Yeah, yeah. how do they know? How are they friends? <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, I why can't. are there people clapping for that policeman? <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's one of the reasons I can't like uh, get into the dead, uh, it, because no one has. Everyone who's into them is so into them that the songs that they point you to are not good songs. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, well, that's the thing. There's no entry point for it. There's no entry point. There's none. It's impossible because like it's like being you... six seasons behind on uh, Mad Men. And then people are like directing you to like the DVD commentary of some obscure episode. And you're like, I don't I don't know what this means. This is. Yeah, no. I, I just like. Yeah. And I don't I don't care to like just like send me a banger. Send me a good song. And I might like listen to that a bunch. But I can't. I, I'm not. No, I'm not, no entry point for me. Yeah. Um. But. Anyway, um, but you know, moving on to a show that we do like, uh, I don't think I'm putting words in anyone's mouth here. Uh, David Chase had a big interview in uh, the Hollywood Reporter, and he did he me and did. Matt always talk about like I appreciate uh, how much David Chase hates the fans and and how much uh, he's oh, yeah. trolling, um, but it really annoys me that he acts like he's not trolling uh, a lot of the time. Um, and that was, I don't think, yeah, yeah. I don't think he knows that he's trolling. Right. I think he, I think he is genuinely that way, but he doesn't need to know. It makes me feel better that, that he doesn't know that we know that he hates us. Sure. Uh, so he was, you know, he of course got asked about the finale, which, you know, basically happens uh, every time he's interviewed, every time he's interviewed. Um, I had no idea it would cause that much. I mean, I forget what was going on in Iraq or someplace. London had been bombed. Nobody was talking about that. They were talking about the Sopranos, Chase said. It was kind of now incredible he, to me. Uh, he said he said those very words before. I remember the first time that David Chase, I saw an interview after um, the Sopranos finale. It was like a few years after. And he said the words like... Um, you know, I, I I was surprised that people cared so much. I mean, people were dying every day in Iraq, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking? Uh, just tell me, is uh, Tony dead or alive? Why yeah. are you making it about Iraq?" It's very I don't care. It's super humble braggy too. Like, can you believe yeah. all these people cared about me and not like the yeah. Bible? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Oh god. Um. Uh. But there was something else that really got to him. Quote, what was annoying was how many people wanted to see Tony killed. That bothered me, Chase said. Uh, they wanted to know that Tony was killed. They wanted to see him go face down in Linguini, you know? And I just thought, God, you watched this guy for seven years, and I know he's a criminal, but don't tell me you don't love him in some way. Don't tell me you're not on his side in some way, and now you want to see him killed? You want justice done? You're a criminal after watching this shit for seven years? That bothered me, yeah. 
And uh, I don't think anyone needed to see him like go face down in Linguini. Like, no, they you literally a Breaking Bad ending. <laughs> they wanted an ending the where it, did, it didn't cut yeah. to black in the middle of the scene. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, don't act like you weren't trolling with that ending. Right, and also like uh, the idea that like, what are you guys fucking? criminals for wanting to, to see <laughs> yeah. this happen yeah you are and it's just like no it just uh, everyone wanted an ending in fact the question isn't uh, like literally the question is just like what happened and he's just like oh you want to know what happened well fuck you and it's yeah. like why uh, and, and for people who wanted to know if tony was dead the the reason that people want him to be dead after that finale is like the theory is that it cut to black because he died right and it's like so people are like want to be right about whether or not the art they understood the art or whatever and him not giving that to people uh is it drives people crazy not I, me i don't care what happened i mean i'm in support of that i don't think everything needs an ending people uh, yeah, are so yeah. obsessed with an ending and i don't yeah well, I that's my thing. like I've, I've said this a million times like the the scene before the cafe is them outside of the pork store. Uh, Polly is tanning. He, there's a cat there that he thinks is the ghost of Christopher. Uh, right. That he keeps like he keeps giving looks to. Like he's right. And, and like that shot, perfect ending. Like I don't need yeah. to know what happened to Tony, whether he died, whether he went to jail, whatever. Right. End on that shot because it's a good shot. It makes me think of the things that I like about The Sopranos. He ended it right. with like a weird slow motion build up to a cut to black that I don't know what I'm supposed to take from that. He ended it with an epic prank and I feel like that's fine. Yeah. Like it's okay. I, it, it made it one of the most memorable endings and in TV history. Just admit that it was a prank. That <laughs> Just admit it was, a, yeah, admit it was an epic prank and that he just went lol at, at everyone hitting their TVs. Like he should have the, done the Rick Astley at the end of it. <laughs> and that would have been great. I mean, don't stop believing is, yeah, kind of that. Uh, it's, it's the same shit but uh yeah i mean i just love him being angry when he's asked about literally any question about the sopranos because he hates so much his legacy and it is uh i mean no it one, makes me love him even more no one would have made it made no one would be asking about it if it wasn't like an epic prank ending right exactly yeah but uh I do love the idea that he was just like, oh, you guys are fucking criminals. You want this fictional <laughs> character dead. It's like, man, you are uh, you are filled with hate. And uh, I love him more. Every time he yells at me uh, via a, a magazine interview, I'm like, yeah, I just start masturbating. <laughs> I'm just a little piss big for his scorn. He, he, he wants to uh, simultaneously tell you you're a piece of shit and then uh, also lecture you about Buddhism. Which yeah. is just you know he's he's I, I can just relate everybody that we've talked about to a Tim <laughs> Robinson character, but he's just out here being like, I used to be a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I used no, to be on Sopranos, slick back hair, <laughs> floppy steaks and Trafani's. I think it was because I was a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Gotta love the sloppy steaks. But yeah, I mean, you know. I I'm just hoping that um, he gets trapped into another like 20 years of creating Sopranos content that systematically undoes his legacy, but like on purpose, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he starts retconning it yeah. via new series and um, just tearing the like wings a, off a butterfly. 
I we need I look to at- tie in everything we've been talking about and have a Sopranos series sponsored by Papa John's. Yeah, yeah I mean, Pete upon, Davidson. If you don't put Pete Davidson in it, it's a mistake. Let's be honest. <laughs> and Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, it would make total sense if he did something like that because, like, for, that's the ultimate, like, uh, like Mandela. You know, like the sand sculpture that you like immediately fucking get rid of. Like that's what he's trying to do. So he's going to create Sopranos. Con- it's going to start, yeah, Machine Gun Kelly. You know, uh, just doing like stocks scams. And like fucking, uh, yeah, we're gonna get like Pete Davidson as like like AJ Soprano. I was gonna son. say like, I mean, modern day AJ would a hundred percent be figuring out how to hang out with Pete Davidson. Like, right? That- they would be friends. <laughs> they would, yeah. He would definitely be like, I don't know, like selling oxy to him, and uh, that's <laughs> or, a show I'd watch. Or he would have some sort of uh, club event that he was promoting, and they were trying really hard to get Pete Davidson to show up, but then yeah, they get yeah, ghosted yeah. by Pete Davidson in the end. <laughs> oh, it'd be great. I, I, do, I do hope that there's more Soprano series in the making. Yeah. Just to, I just, I love the scorn. Well, the other thing that's happening this weekend is that uh eternals uh is finally coming out which matt i know you're very excited i'm about. so excited to see it you love yeah. the mcu i love it i love oh, the ex- christ give me that mcu dude <laughs> i, I want to know i feel like i have some kind of like just by block out mcu stuff but yeah. I, I the only thing i know about this movie is that uh, like a couple weeks ago that there was that tweet where somebody posted a clip of it and they were like this is what a five hundred million dollar budget gets you, yeah. and I'm like, it looks like shit. Like dog shit. like fast moving dog shit. The beauty of it is like they've turned, they've turned, they figured out how to turn filmmakers into like people working at a factory, uh, <laughs> and then somehow like they they've convinced their fans that that is the pinnacle no, of art. Good. Is yeah, yeah, to turn a yeah. bunch of like you get a good filmmaker and then you force them to uh, you know fucking yeah, just cgi a right. hundred million little right. bugs coming out of whatever yeah. you give them That's no art. you give them no creative uh freedom and you demand that ryan reynolds does jokey asides like throughout every yes. strip um, i love it i uh, just like give me fucking give me brand synergy and a fucking like factory style steam whistle and I will make you some art right now. Yeah. You know? It feels like Amazon at this point. Like every yeah. animator has like three seconds to get a, mm-hmm. a thing out and they have like a little like sensor on their wrist that tells them if they're doing it in time. Yeah, yeah the Guys, dragon- you're supposed to you're supposed to be CGIing a hundred demon wolves <laughs> per hour. If you're not meeting your quota, there's no bathroom breaks. <laughs> the director of Nomadland who directs the Eternals was actually shitting in Frances McDormand's bucket from Nomadland like while she was mm-hmm. in post because she couldn't get uh, a break. Right, exactly. She had to hit the deadline. <laughs> uh, but the greatest thing is like they... So they they set their embargo, their review embargo for like 11 a.m. on a Sunday, like two Sundays ago. Um, oh. I assume because they knew the reviews were going to be bad and they at least were trying to minimize it by having it come out on a Sunday, like two weeks before the actual movie. Um, right. But that created this whole uh, phenomenon of like fan backlash against the critics who were, yeah. you know, trying to like apparently trying to tank uh, the Rotten Tomato score for Eternals, which is the first MCU movie to have a negative Rotten Tomato score, which is incredible 
in and of itself. That bad. It, 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 I can't imagine how it, bad it is. If that's yeah, it's at case. forty. Wow, it's at forty nine. At one point, oh. it was like hovering at. It was like at fifty nine, which is technically rotten. Isn't that isn't that right, Vince? Uh, Fifty nine yeah, is rotten, and yeah. sixty you get the full tomato, and and like <laughs> actually, Matt, if it comes from the f- south of France, it's technically <laughs> yeah, a rotten right. tomato. Otherwise, <laughs> I think it's just sparkling, yeah. sparkling tomato. It's a sparkling tomato. Um, no, but it was like uh, it was like hovering between those two, and I remember at one point I was like, if it's one percent above fifty nine, which is the threshold for fucking. Um, you know, for for rotten, like if it stays that way, they will say we did it. It's another fresh movie. Like, yeah. and it was just it was driving me crazy because the amount of like fans who are like, I'm gonna love this slop no matter how yeah. fucking bad it just, is. Just give us a pass fail option. We don't. <laughs> right. We don't even want a grade. Yeah, and like it, it's as if it's like not okay to be like hey some movies are bad even the ones that i wanted to be good like these guys are on some next level shit and and i'm at the point where i don't believe i don't believe it's real a lot of it i think a lot of it is uh fucking i think it's made up i i think like it's a lot of bots it's a lot of people being fucking um you know paid it's impossible to tell a bot from like a disney adult because they're fundamentally <laughs> they talk the same they talk the same um people are posting their like comments they've gotten on eternals uh reviews and i mm-hmm. i have one this one this someone this a film film critic in canada posted this uh screenshot of his email uh subject line is just you fucking dick in all caps <laughs> whole things in all cap caps Fuck off, you fat, useless sack of fucking Yankee Danky doodle shite. <laughs> Fuck off, will you please? Yeah? Your review sucks. Your life sucks. Eternals is a masterpiece. You are no critics. You are idiots who make Eternals the first rotten MCU movie on fucking RT. I think you crits eat rotten. Eternals will succeed at box office. Critics will fail at the end. Die. Man. Well, I never understood like how it affects a person's life. What a billion dollar enterprise. Did you see, I I don't know if you saw, but like, uh, if you wade into the like garbage, you know, music toxic conversation, Mm -hmm. but there was like a similar thing last year or earlier this year. I don't fucking know, uh, where Taylor Swift put an album out and pitchfork reviewed it positively, gave it (laughs) like an eight point something, like a (laughs) positive review. And uh, the Swifties just like came for this writer, like got her family's address and like the same thing with the New York Times. Like they were just like coming after the New York Times because it bumped down the perfect score as if that's like a thing that affects the day to day life of these people. It's just like I wish I cared about like I have a book out now and I don't give a shit about (laughs) the fucking skits. My book. I don't care. Like, why would I care about somebody else's score? I don't understand. My uh, my favorite comment on this this is actually a comment from an Uproxx article about the Rotten Tomato score. Um, And the first comment is uh, you do realize that the film film is not in theaters yet and won't be until November 5th. So the, I love that. So the only ones giving it a rating are critics who got to see it early. And some of those critics have agendas. So yeah, my guess is the free items given out to those privileged critics was not very good. And as revenge for not getting Gucci, they're going to give it less than stellar reviews. You know, not enough to make Marvel stop giving them free stuff, but enough to make sure said stuff is of better, more expensive quality. 
So this article. I mean, I hope that's true. I, I hope that happens. <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going with that as soon as you started in. Like, I love when people are suspicious of like when people have seen a movie early and it like like creates this. It happens in music too, just like this conspiracy well, theory. Like, I love the, it. I mean, like there is forces at work. Like if you notice, like there is like a handpicked collection of critics who see every Marvel movie and early who happen, who happen to be the ones who are doing the junket interviews and right. yeah shockingly more of those uh reviews end up positive so now that one is actually negative someone is having to do like the mental gymnastics required <laughs> to understand like what yeah. the uh incentive would be for a critic uh to bash this movie uh from the yeah. company that owns like 70 percent of all content like, <laughs> but it's so like, it's so weird because like do those people legitimately and I, I this is a legitimate question like do they yeah. approach a, a new marvel movie like i'm sure they're excited about it you know but do they ever like approach it with the mentality of like i hope i will like this or it's just like i'm going into this i'm going to love this like at no point do they think critically like they're watching it thinking like oh actually you know what i don't really not really like do they no. ever have like a moment where they're like actually i'm not into this like what is it about it that keeps their like fail to like their fandom just at like the highest possible level that they cannot falter from there you know I like, they I pulled the exact same trick that politics did which that's is that, exactly what i was that, gonna say you it's, know just they, like the democrats and republicans are essentially competing lifestyle brands with the exact same uh ideology right. like right dc and marvel are competing lifestyle brands and if so you, they're just proving their allegiance if yeah if you are uh, elite if you are uh, team Marvel, then you, then Team Marvel needs your support every time a movie comes out. And if anybody says yeah. it's bad, then but they're all perpetual victims. Yeah, That's what yes. it is. Oh, it's like course. you're victimizing my brand, and and it's like I need to support this brand, uh, no matter what, because this brand is always under attack. And I, and even though like they're getting hundreds of millions, billion dollar industry, and they're just like, nah, you know, I got to support my brand no matter what. Um, because of this, this complex that they are, you know, like Republicans all think that they're victims. Democrats all think that they're victims. Fucking Marvel thinks they're victims. DC thinks they're victims. Their directors think they're victims. Yeah. David Ayer thinks well, he's a it's victim. Like the only... Everyone's a victim. <laughs> Everyone is doing the fucking grievance politics yes. with yeah. their brands. Well, yeah, that's what it is. It's like, the, that's the only... The only ways Dave that we've learned, the, the only ways that we can, uh, the only framework within we, which we can discuss this is like feeling seen and yeah, feeling attacked and, and not feeling safe. Like they don't David feel safe Ayer to just, just posted a screenshot, uh, of, um, some still from his original suicide squad, uh, with Jared Leto as the Joker, as, as something we've never seen. And the caption was, Jared Leto absolutely killed it in this movie and you'll never know. <laughs> and it was just like, because they cut his movie to death or something like yeah. that because they recut it. And and it's like, and everyone was just like, release the air cut. And it's like, <laughs> as soon as they found out that there was a grievance to be talked about. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm just like, God damn, you guys. God damn. You, all, you also get, uh, this is like a, uh, one of the weirdest critiques from when you get like the super fans is like, uh, you get, you know, I I got it the other day because I made fun of Chappelle a little bit, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. and I oh, just yeah. got I just got like so many guys in the mentions going like, well, he has a uh, two hundred million dollars. Who are you? And it's just like everybody who I'm, you know, I don't I don't know what the financial situation of the gentleman who was critiquing me was, but 
it's just so weird that he's just like, I'm going to go to bat for this millionaire and point out how much more money he has than you. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's just so weird. It's so money that it's not their money. It's not, it's, it's not like, and if, you had, thing, like, if you got paid a hundred bucks for every comment that you replied to, I get it. But he's just like, wants to just point out how much more <laughs> successful Dave Chappelle is. Some guy he's never met is more successful than me. Another guy he's never met. It's right. just like and so the only, that's weird. That's o- the only and reason I feel like that's, that's a- happened to me with MCU or, or like whatever. I'm like, do you know like James Gunn is like the boat? I'm right. like, okay, I don't. I cannot like the movie. And, it's fine. And the only reason they do that is they they know that like even the dumbest person out there knows that critics don't get paid shit. So it's like if 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 you were if they if they didn't know that or if they thought that if the critics were like well off, they'd be like, can you believe these like out of touch elites uh, right. are coming in to bash like well, a they, nice but they normal still do guy? That. Yeah, They'll be course. like the verifieds are out. I'm like, yeah, right. I don't, yeah. what do you think I paid to get that? My fucking <laughs> old job did it like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just when, when you get the verified badge, not yeah. liking my slop. Oh, oh surprise, wait, hold on guys. Surprise. Hold on. Oh, I just got my monthly verified Venmo transfer. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good, good, great, good. great, 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 yeah, great, great. Yeah. Thousand bucks every month just because I got the blue check. That's awesome. <laughs> you get that blue check mark. They give you the money so you can say all the things against whatever brands are yeah. particularly you get under a, attack. You get a dollar per retweet every mm-hmm. every time. Well, oh Matt is a hero because he sacrificed his blue check mark in order to do a joke a bit. about the what was the bit <laughs> about Elizabeth Warren. Um, <laughs> it was <laughs> well, it was. Uh, Everyone was waiting, waiting with bated breath to see what uh, the New York Times um, op-ed page was going to, who they were going to endorse. And like three hours or two hours before the endorsement, I just changed my fucking the picture and the name of my, uh, you know, I changed it to New York Times opinion, and Mm -hmm. I had a blue check mark, so people thought I was a New York Times opinion. And I said, uh, "You hogs know we're 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 picking Warren, right?" And it ended up getting like a fuck ton of uh, yep. retweets. And then I lost my blue check mark. Did Did Paul F. Tompkins retweeted by accident? I oh, wish- sorry, guys. Sorry about that last retweet. Guys. Sometimes yeah, yeah. even I fall for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, and then of course the best part was they ended up. Choosing Warren and Amy Klobuchar, yeah. and they I was like, have, so, you, so, so the reality was actually stupider than the parody. That you stupid. <laughs> the most uh, asinine and self-defeating endorsement in the history. They should have folded the entire opinion section after. They that. should have. They yeah. should have. Yeah, they should all quit right then and there. Actually, we endorse Warren and a can of bush beans but you didn't see that coming dumbasses damn matt sacrifices blue jack for another <laughs> well yeah. here anytime i saw shit like that i'm like hero who was it that did italian elon musk oh that was great <laughs> that was great i want to go up into the spaceship <laughs> i built a car so fast that it'll blow your mind <laughs> oh man that was a great account yeah heroes heroes all of them i can't do it i got a book to promote but i yeah. i respect when i see so i salute yeah. <laughs> like a soldier I salute off the all battle. the good yeah. soldiers uh-huh. you can't sacrifice your check mark now no it's, no you I, need, I it. need it i need it now you gotta be verified you so where can people <laughs> buy the the uh the the book oh you know what i hate sending people there but amazon has been very good about stocking it so yeah you can, can get it there it. or you can go to your local independent bookstore yeah walk in there and if they don't have it shake them down say wait when mm-hmm. are you getting it yeah but yeah amazon barnes and noble it's all good 
Buy, I also have the best. I have the greatest uh, URL in history. If people want more information, including my web store, mm-hmm. sellout.biz. If you want to go over there, nice. that's my real URL. Hell yeah. Sellout.biz. Check it out and buy the book Sellout by Dan Ozzy. Dan. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm gonna. I think I'm wait. I'm gonna go to Cabanas now. So yeah, I'll do it. Report back if please, I see Pete Davidson. Please let us know. I just want, I just want some connection to Pete Davidson in my life because I want to find out what that dick looks like. Because <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy that like nothing's leaked. I know. I mm. I was just saying that like if if a nude of Pete Davidson leaks and he doesn't have like ten dicks. Everyone's going to yeah. be disappointed. Sure. Everyone's going to yeah. be like, well, what's the big deal then? Why? And I know it's not just size. It's also like the way you have sex. But I just can't <laughs> imagine. It's got to be gigantic, right? Well, I think it's I think it's you. You you have that parents basement sex. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's where it's at right there. There's yeah. nothing hotter than like trying to have a keep keep your voice down a little bit because yeah. your mom's got to work at the dental office tomorrow morning that's yeah. true it's like the that dick version true. of like a nice you know fast food chicken tendies like everybody's gonna want it at some point <laughs> you know, everybody wants that he's he's the popeye's chicken sandwich everybody wants love- that 2 a.m dick grease yeah <laughs> oh you know what i had last or two nights ago i was coming home from a show on long island another like well, anyways, and uh, I had a chain that we I have not had since I moved to L.A. They had a fucking White Castle and it was oh. open at 1 a.m. And nice. I stuffed my little pig face full of chicken <laughs> ring sandwiches and I fucking loved it. Oh, that's a, that's amazing. I, I haven't had White Castle since the last time I visited New York. And it was like one of my maybe the third time having it. And I did realize that like this this if i lived near a white castle i'd be dead by dangerous oh my god there was one in williamsburg when i lived in brooklyn and it was like on the like every time i went to a party it was on the way home yeah and so i would just be like well i'm gonna just grab this uh for the way home and then 1 a.m i'm in my dark apartment with the glow of the tv the way it was meant to be eaten (laughs) just by myself uh looking yeah. at static on television <laughs> yeah just not even watching anything yeah just the trying static. to think <laughs> just yeah. using it as a light yeah <laughs> so buy sell out immediately um patreon.com slash broadcast for all of your bonus episodes uh and uh you know the new season of potty yourself a gun just started uh so you know if you haven't listened to that what the fuck are you doing try it Pod yourself a gun. Uh, it's on all the stores. Uh, Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, concerns. Vince, what's the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, good night and good chins.